Hi there. Welcome to the God's Eye Productions podcast. This is episode two. It's been a couple weeks since episode one. The wind has now finally died down over here, so hopefully now the only thing you'll hear in the background is birds. Um, I'm once again in the workshop doing the podcast because this has good acoustics and it's a quiet place to be. So episode one was about finding your voice. I feel like in episode two, we need to talk about prayer because one of the greatest ways to discern what your voice is versus God's voice versus the devil's voice versus the world's voice is to pray. So this isn't going to be a podcast on the discipline of prayer. Um, I've thought about it and I don't feel like that's the direction that we need to go. We don't need 12 more steps to do things. So there will be a formula somewhat to it because of me being on the spectrum because I like lists, but it won't be step one, step two, step three. It's just going to be an overarching theme of prayer, what it is, what it's not. Um, Prayer is something that a lot of people don't talk about nowadays. They're really much into deliverance. They're really much into hearing and stuff like that, but they don't actually, I believe, take the time to sit down and pray. Um, prayer is basically just talking to God and people for one of the first questions that I can think that some people might be asking is, well, you know, God already knows what I'm going to say before I say it, or God doesn't answer prayers or why is there so much evil in the world or, and there's just thousands upon thousands of questions in that vein. First and foremost, prayer helps us in our relationship with God. So Again, going back to last week, we're discipleship here, so we pray to be saved. Romans ten nine, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and you will be saved. So after you come up off that altar and do the sinner's prayer, even though that gets a bad rap, my thing is, as long as you say, Lord, I've messed up, sin is the absence of God in our lives, And God died for the sin of the world, not the sins of the world. But sin actually means missing the mark in Hebrew. So maybe that'll alleviate some of the church hurt, because I know that there's some church hurt maybe out there. And that might be the reason why people, for whatever reason, have turned their back on God. Um, So sin is missing the mark, basically. I don't know the Hebrew right now. I'm not going to pull that out. That might be something in the show notes. But... That's what it is. But there are different types of prayer. A couple of years ago, because God's Eye Productions is sort of a multifaceted discipleship, hopefully community eventually, um, there was a video I made about acts of prayer. um, And it will be, if you go to YouTube, you can type in God's Eye Productions, and it'll be the one that has a sunset and a heart. It's also on the picture on the podcast, that little picture down the corner. Um, That's what you're looking for on YouTube. Um, And basically it went over different types of prayer because prayer is something that's so massively big to talk about. I mean, you could probably spend an entire podcast season talking about it, Um, but basically prayers tend to revolve around adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and salvation. The one that most people know is prayer is salvation, and that's the one where Lord I'm a sinner, save me. That's salvation. 
Another one that can be said for that is also supplication. Supplication would be asking God to move in situations. So in the video it talks about supplication, but salvation could also be another umbrella from that. So you could say that the acronym that we're looking for is ACTSS because you have supplication and you also have salvation. So I think of that as a different category of prayer. And again, this isn't a formula like, oh, well, you know, this is a prayer of Thanksgiving. Okay. This is a prayer. No, it's just to help you recognize kind of where your prayer life goes. If you're like me and you like data and you like graphs, you know, you could technically chart, oh, I did, you know, I don't know, 36 adoration prayers this month and only like two Thanksgiving prayers. I'm not saying that you should. I'm just saying that it, it can be a way to kind of figure out and put a label on the kind of prayers that you pray. But ultimately, prayer is just talking to God. And God already knows the answer, but I believe that, again, it's about relationship because the biggest thing about prayer is where is your heart? It's not how many times you've done this, how many times you've done that. Because how many people have been, seen it on TV or something like that, where somebody is there in a prayer circle because in the evangelical community, prayer circles are a big thing. And the person that prays, you know, prays down, you know, heaven and the angels and they throw this Bible verse in there and that Bible verse in there. And you're standing beside them and you're like, wow, this person's like it, getting it, man. They're Whoa, I, I'm just going to shut up because they know more than me. Not necessarily because... Sometimes the simplest prayers are the most effective. I find that as I get older, my prayers become more simple because I kind of understand my emotions better because it's hard when you're all when you have autism and it doesn't take as long to get where I need to go. I mean, I do these things even now. I did them more when I was younger um, called walkabouts where I literally will pray in a circle so it's not going around in a circle, around and around and around and around like a racetrack or whatever. But I will go out into the woods and I'll just hike. And if it's a familiar location that I've been to before, I'll just talk to God. And it's not just a lot of people get in this habit of saying, oh, I need to pray for Cindy. I need to pray for John. I need to pray for fill in the blank. And that's fine and that's great. But prayer isn't primarily trying to pray that people get what they need to get or what they should get. Prayer should be first and foremost about you, how you're doing, what's going on with you. And that's not selfish because out of the heart is where we're operating here. A lot of people in the church community say, oh, well, the heart's wicked and this and that and the other thing. Well, what's actually happening is the desires are off. But prayer can be a great tool to utilize for lots of things. So quickly I'll go over. This is just supposed to be a general overview of prayer. My first uh, resource that I would use if you're interested kind of in the Bible perspective and how that kind of lines up is I would go to gotquestions.org and just type in prayer or what is prayer. And that is a great resource. Some of this will come from that, some of it won't. I'm speaking kind of more from my own personal experience, which is my personal experience. Um, if you want to do your own research, I suggest that website very highly. 
definitely reading your Bible, maybe talking to a trusted uh, mentor, pastor, um, somebody who you can talk about spiritual things with. Prayer, to me, in the broadest term, like if we're talking about Buddhism or Islam or something else, it's trying to get a connection to something deeper in you. And I'm not going into an esoteric, think about your belly button type of mode on this. Prayer in some religions that I've seen is more selfish and it's about glorifying the self. And Christianity does not do that. Christianity puts the focus on God. It always points back to God. Everything, and I'm talking about biblical Christianity. I'm not necessarily talking about progressive Christianity here. And if you want more information on that, you can go to YouTube and you can type in Melissa Dotery. And she has a great series on what New Age Christianity is and what it's not. And kind of how the esoteric has kind of infiltrated the church. Um, the touchy-feely type of thing. Um, and she's a really great resource for that. I'm not going to rehash what she's already said. I've learned a lot about things that are a little bit concerning. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to put that out there as an audio track. If you're into kind of more of the like question and based answer thing, I highly recommend gotquestions.org. Like I said, it seems to glorify the self. So it's not just that it's wrong because it's in, you know, in the Bible and it says it's, we shouldn't do that. Well, that's fine and that's great, but are you living under grace or are you living under the law? Because if you're going to be a legalistic church and a legalistic Christian and going to hide behind the rules, oh, you can't do that, you can't cut your hair, you have to wear a dress, you have to do this and have to do that. There are 613 rules in the Torah, and if you're going to do that, you might as well follow all of them. You might as well put on your prayer shawl in the appropriate time if you're a male, and you might as well have the little tassels on your clothes, and you might as well not eat uh, bacon and not eat anything with cloven hooves. So if you're going to do it, you got to do it all. Are you a legalist, or are you a person that's under grace? If you are legalistic, the heart will not, it will not even come into your radar. That's very important. Getting back to my point, adoration prayers. You flip through the Psalms, you can see a lot of adoration prayers. Sometimes it seems like King David needs a Prozac because he's like up really here, praising the Lord the next time. He's like, oh, pretty much kind of suicidal, if you will. And then the next time he's up here and then the next time he's kind of down here and sometimes he's just kind of even keel. So the point of that is not that he needs medication, but the Lord and our heart can be together. It can be union. Prayer can be about union. But adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or salvation. So adoration, just adoring God. Lord, this sunset is awesome. I love you for this sunset, God. Confession, Lord God, I missed the mark today. I sinned. I told that person something I shouldn't have told them, and it made them really upset, and I'm sorry for that, God. Or I lied to this person and I shouldn't have done that. Anything that misses the mark. Thanksgiving, that one's pretty easy. Don't just take Thanksgiving and put it on a shelf for Thanksgiving. I mean, you can praise the Lord in Thanksgiving for something every day. Thank you, God, that the car started today. Thank you, God, that the tires that are low right now got me to work. There is something you can always be thankful for. When we're children, we tend to be more thankful for what we got. And I think as we get older and kind of become more independent... 
Thanksgiving becomes less of a uh, mode of operation, which is sad. But I think that children teach us to kind of get back into that if we will allow and see that. Supplication is just asking for things, but... Are you asking for things like God is a genie in the sky? Oh, Lord, please let me get a Dodge truck. And if I see a Dodge truck on the way to get the Dodge truck, I'll know that it's you. Or, oh, Lord, please let me make a million dollars. It doesn't work that way. So people give tele-evangelists a bad rap. And that's kind of starting to die. Um, as of this recording, it's still kind of prominent. But regardless of how you feel and things like that, there are great YouTube videos that talk about that. Alan Parr, uh, his channel is a really great channel that kind of goes into things like that. God is not a genie in the sky. Pray according to his will. And then, again, it goes back to increasing in the faith and other things like that. So, seeking God's face. In the Hebrew language, there is not really a word for hand. Like, so seeking God's hand, it's all about seeking God's face. And if we think about uh, when Moses asked God when he was on one of the mountains, I can't remember where exactly, I'm paraphrasing, but he asked God if he could see him. And then God in the KJV, this is easy to remember, basically showed him his hindquarters. And he had to keep his eyes closed and kind of stay behind a rock because it was just too much glory. It's kind of, to me, like on Indiana Jones, the fourth movie, like it or hate it, whatever you want to talk about, where the Kate Blanchett character, I don't know her name, Spalco or something, is like, I want to know everything. Give it to me all. And then the aliens kind of pour into her all the knowledge and then her head explodes. You know, that's kind of... Not that God's an alien, that that could be, there's probably podcasts out there that talk about that and I'm not going into that because that's just getting off the rails. But that's the way I kind of think about if we were to see all of God. So seeking his face more than seeking his hand, we can see his face in a lot of different things, a lot of different things in creation. Um, so that's kind of how I view, you know, you don't want all of God because, you know, it'll be kind of like in Indiana Jones 4, take that as you will. Uh, that's a nice visual for you there. And if not, you could probably find a YouTube video of it. Um, I don't recommend it if you're a small child. But, you know, that's where you have to use discernment. Which makes me segue into my next thing about prayer. So, another thing that I pray for all the time is knowledge, discernment, and guidance. I believe we live in an age of discernment. We have to discern for ourselves what is good what is not good for us to consume, for our families to consume, because there's just so much media out there, and that could be a podcast in of itself. Um, you know, if my rule is if it says GD three times, I'm going to cut it off with rare exceptions. Because if you wonder why the character or the person in Hollywood, their life sucks. Well, of course it does, because you have asked God to damn something. And I've put this space in there for a reason, but you have asked, you have entered into that, and then you wonder why there's more depression. You wonder why there's more idle thoughts. You wonder why you can't discern voices in your head. Or maybe you have voices in your head that you didn't have before, et cetera, et cetera. So we live in an age of discernment. So praying for discernment, I think, is very important. Prayer is just, I think it's an essential lifeline. 
I have tried to pray my entire life. I'm not going to sit here and try to seem pious and all this. That's not the point. The point is, I feel like in some situations, if I can't pray, I can't figure it out. You know, when I was a kid, I would get mad about something and I'd throw it. You know, men, you know, they get mad at their lawnmower, they kick it, you know, and they cuss or whatever. But then I kind of learned about a better way. John Eldridge, uh, his ministry, Wallet Heart, great message. Highly recommend the podcast. Highly recommend any of the media there. Um, some of the things that they talk about might be controversial because they talk about God being a warrior. And there are some other things uh, that they talk about. They talk about the heart. Oh, no, that's so controversial. Again, just throwing that out there. Good resource. But pray about it. Like, God, the lawnmower is not working. I don't know what to do. I don't know why it's not working. I need you to father me through this and show me what's not working in the lawnmower. And then you wait, and then God's like, well, replace the spark plug. And you replace the spark plug, and sure enough, the lawnmower works. And you're like, wow, thank you, God. Now I know more. So I've kind of done that. So when I feel helpless, the first thing that I do is I try to pray about it. Now, you know, I don't know how you you operate this Another thing to talk about, the elephant in the room, I feel like if you don't trust God or you don't have faith, you can't do a whole lot with it. So having trust in God, and I'm still working on that, I've been working on that all of my life, you trust God more, God can move you to a different place. The most perfect example of trust and surrender that I can think of is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was sweating blood when he prayed right before his uh, crucifixion. And this is appropriate because tomorrow is actually Easter. Um, So technically, we're still in the Good Friday. People are worried and weeping at, you know, Jesus's grave and stuff like that. But as of this recording, he prayed and he said, God, I don't want this to happen to me. I don't want to be crucified. I don't want any of this to happen to me. But not my will be done, but your will be done. There's a YouTube channel called Misreading Scripture, and it's really great. I can't think of the guy's name. It's Brandon something. But he talks about how Jesus could have gone on the other side and been in the desert. So literally, he chose to do what God told him to do. God the Father told him to do. He could have just walked off and not done it. That is cool. That is awesome. That is the perfect example of surrender. There's a song, um, and the lyrics kind of go, where you go, I'll go, what you say, I'll say, what you pray, I pray. Jesus only did what he saw you do. He could only say when he heard you speaking. So having that surrender is very important, I think, in prayer, being surrendered to, you know, God and being like, look, this is what, and this takes maturity. This is not, this is not, you know, little bitty Christian stuff. This is, this is meat Christian stuff. So you have, you have the people who drink the milk of the word, You know, which is great. You know, you're learning about, you're like, oh man, this happened in the story of the Bible and that happened. And then you get to the point and that's, that's the spiritual milk that they talk about. Then you get a little bit further into it and then you start to eat spiritual meat is what we call it. And that's when you start wrestling with those hard things, you know, how could God fill in the blank? And that's kind of the natural progression of your faith. A lot of people talk about deconstructing your faith and that's, I think that has its place. And basically that's, you know, why do you believe what you believe? A great apologist to look up is Ravi Zacharias. He has a lot of great responses to the questions that people get asked a lot when they're witnessing or that they ask 
they have a lot of different things, resources. Now, he's come under controversy for various reasons, but I think that his videos from the past, before he passed away, have some really great information, and it can kind of keep you, you know, going in kind of that direction if you're questioning some things. Because a lot of Christians, and I say that with air quotes, don't really question their faith. Why not? I mean, are you afraid of it? I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is going to be very controversial for some people who are listening, but I'm a theist. I believe that evolution proves that God exists. And the reason I say that is because I had to take evolution in college. I am a biologist by trade. I am a scientist. And I had to go through that class, and it was one of the hardest things I had to go through when I was going through it in college. And I still came out with my faith on the other side of it. And a lot of people don't want to talk. That E word is very controversial. And because of that, I know I'm going to get labeled. But that's just the way that it is. But I think that evolution proves God's existence. It shows an intelligent design. And there's just so many things mathematically that line up that prove God's existence. And that's another thing for another time. So prayer is our lifeline to God. Prayer, I think, is one of the most powerful things that we have to connect with God. But the process of tuning out the world so that you can hear God's voice, God will speak. I've always found that to be the case. And, you know, if you haven't, where's your heart? In the Garden of Eden, God knew where Adam and Eve were in the cool of the day. But he said, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. But where, Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? And he cared enough about them to try to still, even though he knew it was going to happen, he knew what, what was going on, he still had that enough to say, Adam, where are you? So where is your heart, basically? Where is your heart, Adam? Where is your heart, Eve? So I think the heart is the issue, is the fact of the matter. Because if you don't have your heart in the right place, you can't be surrendered to God. You can't trust God. You can't do any of these things. And that comes down to wounding. So prayer is this multifaceted thing. I mean, it could take, we could take a whole season of podcasts on this. And I'm not going to go into it. There is a great podcast that John Eldridge put out with his Wild at Heart team about wounding and about interpretation. And I'm just going to try to put those in the show notes because that will just do so much more for you than I could go in to detail because that that's their baby. That's their thing. I'm just mentioning it now because on your journey in prayer, it's going to be one of those signposts that if you go down you're going to find your prayer life is a lot better off than it was. So I've thrown out a lot of resources. I know I'll put them all down in the show notes and I'll try to get that going for you. I think that these resources will really help because they've helped me um, and I hope they help you. And if not, maybe it'll help you do your own research because this is not me being an authority on stuff. I'm just telling you my experience. You know, I want you to be able to come out the other end and maybe be stronger for it because this is about discipleship. You know, these are the things that work for me, and maybe this will work for you. And if it doesn't, find a better way. Find a way for you. If you can silence all the voices that are in your head and know, God, are you speaking? 
Is this the devil thought that's speaking? Is this the world? Tuning out all of that stuff is so important. Because if, if you can tune out all of the busyness of the world, and this is where we kind of miss the mark as well, because we use our phones to distract ourselves from what's really going on. We use other things to distract ourselves from what's really going on inside of our souls. If we will confront those things, and it's hard. I know it's hard. It's scary. I know. But if we can confront those things and be like, God, I'm trying to confront my fear of you, or I'm trying to confront this wound or whatever, then we will find that there's a lot more fruit in our prayer life and God can actually speak. So I feel like I've kind of come to the point. So that kind of gives you the basic idea. So we have adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and salvation. But in that, there's so much more that we can do prayer-wise. And quite frankly, another thing that I do sometimes is I sing my prayer. So I can't focus for whatever reason talking to God. So I will sing my prayer like, Oh Lord, I'm struggling with this right now. I need your help. Oh Lord, help me. And if you sometimes sing in it, actually makes all the difference in the world. So it's like a praise, a worship, and a song at the same time. So I think it like it focuses on all of the things. It focuses on all the acts because you're getting all of those hitting all those points. I hope that this has been helpful. Um, I'm not sure where we're going next with this podcast. Um, Lord willing, hopefully it'll be on this or something else. I'm not sure yet. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope that the resources help. Um, Questions, comments, concerns, all of that, you know, I'll try my best to answer. Um, Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.